0: We had a massive federal news story, uh, something I think we'll be talking about for decades land on our lap yesterday and landed right in the lap of our friend and guest Stephanie Smythe, who was on the air in for John Oakley yesterday. Boy, you're probably prepping a show, getting ready to get going and boom, emergencies (laughs) act illegal. Justin Trudeau acts illegally against his own people. That took some time in the three hours yesterday. I I think that got its airtime, didn't it?
1: Yeah, a little bit, you Just know. It's touch. like a little bit of a gift drop from above, right? Something yeah. to talk about, it, chew on a little bit, you know?
0: <laughs> and Mark Saunders, uh, former Toronto Chief of Police, who uh, was probably uh, watching it all happen in January and February, thinking, oh, it was fun to be Chief of Police at one point in time, but I don't mind not being a Chief of Police right now, Mark. <laughs> I never think that way. Again. <laughs> oh, you always wish you were still on the job. Okay, that's news to me. That's that's brand new. Well, let's get right into it. Um the Emergencies Act court verdict comes down yesterday. Steph, you talked a lot about it yesterday. We gotta go almost go back in time and, and remember um what it felt like, mm-hmm. where we were thinking what we were thinking about either mandates or vaccines or even protests at that point in time. What kind of thoughts, if, if I said, what, if I called you and said, what's going on in Stephanie Smythe's mind on February 16th, 2022, how would it be different? Uh, in
1: 2022, I was feeling compassion for the people of Ottawa and the, the horrible way they had to live for weeks um, with horns, you know, going on and on and on and uh, thinking about, you know, the, wondering about the money being funneled into this protest. Uh, watching what happened in Coote's Alberta, watching what happened on the Ambassador Bridge, uh, and pretty nervous about what potentially could happen.
0: Mark Saunders, same same question. Um, and, and you might be coming at it from uh, a perspective of, uh, of a caring individual, but also a former law enforcement officer. What were some of the things you were witnessing, and how were they making you feel?
2: Well, I remember what it started as and then what it turned into and it started as a group of truckers that were opposing the cross-border mandate that they had to get vaccinated and and what it was going to do to their livelihoods but then it switched to the public health mandates against anyone that was forced to take their vaccination or lose their jobs that's when the emotion spiked and then that's where we see things started they started moving across the country wound up having up to 10 million dollars in funds and uh, people were raring to really voice a strong opinion that government may be stepping too much into the households of Canadians.
0: Mark, we've heard so many people this morning document the idea that um, everybody was allowed to have a different opinion about what we needed to do. You were allowed to have a different opinion on the mandates. But a lot of people, and and I remember saying it the, the Thursday before that first weekend of protests, that it just felt like the prime minister was incredibly dismissive, incredibly, I'll use the word, arrogant towards the protesters as opposed to hey i understand they have a point i just disagree with that point was there anything you saw because i sure did where the prime minister kind of fueled a lot of the negative energy that started to be created in ottawa
2: well i was paying more attention to the momentum because that was more direct with me Mm -hmm. i had friends that had uh, both sides of the debate on whether or not vaccinations should be something mandatory or they're going to lose their jobs. And I had others that were very, very positive saying, no, the workplace should be healthy or I have an immune compromised and and, and I want to make sure going to work that I'm safe and I want government to put those rules and regulations in to make sure that that happens. And so um, I didn't take it from that political. I, I took it from the personal because I was surrounded a lot by it.
0: Yeah, And Stephanie, I think it's also there's two conversations to have one. Boy, we've got to let Ottawa get back to normal. Okay, enough's enough. We're seeing these kind of conversations on our streets right now in the last several weekends for very different reasons. But there's two there's two delineations to make one. Yeah, we need politicians need to work with law enforcement hand in hand to make sure we return Ottawa back to normal and, and arrest people who are breaking laws. But that's not what the emergencies act is we can't be freezing bank accounts we can't be uh wrecking people's livelihoods we can't like there there was that line and obviously the federal court decided yesterday it was crossed
1: right which is interesting because his decision Mosley's decision comes almost a year after uh justice paul rouleau the head of the inquiry investing the uh, decision to use the act you know uh supported it just said the trio government was justified in its actions So there's a lot of question marks here. There's a lot of interpretation, which is why, of course, Mm -hmm. the government has to appeal this, right? They have to. Um, And who's got the better lawyers or who gave whom the bad advice, right? Um, Because obviously you would think that uh, the Trudeau government would have consulted the best lawyers there are to determine whether or not they should be doing this. So it's, it's um, you know what? It was a heated time. I'm not giving any excuses. I'm just saying, look, the whole country was enough upheaval, uh, the planet, you know. <laughs> so um, am I surprised this would have happened in haste? No and but i am confused by the differing opinion here
0: yeah um it's one of those scenarios where um i think a lot of people felt differently at at a given time i want to play you something that the premier of this province said in november 22 so he's got nine months of roadway between the emergencies act happening all the protests and what he thought about it in november when uh when the inquiry was happening i stood shoulder to shoulder with uh, the prime minister Uh, these uh, folks were, were You know camping out everything from whirlpools disrupting downtown disrupting the lives of the people of ottawa uh we've worked collaboratively with with the mayor and the the, the prime minister over at the borders they were holding up a billion dollars of trade every single day getting across our borders we were getting phone calls from governors it's unacceptable uh myself and and i know the prime minister believe in free speech And if you want to protest, protest. If you want to come down to uh, Queen's Park and do cartwheels. But if you disrupt the lives of the people of Ottawa every single day, disrupt the lives, the economic flow across our borders, I have zero tolerance for it. So Mark Saunders, that's Doug Ford. And and, uh, here's the one thing I think his political opponents get frustrated by. He speaks from his heart. He has passion. He'll walk something back if it ends up being wrong. I agree with everything he said there except for... That's not a reason to invoke the Emergencies Act. That is a reason to work with law enforcement. That's a reason to work with different levels of government. So when he says that nine months later, I, I'm wondering if it all worked that way without the Emergencies Act being invoked, all, all for it. A lot of people would have backed that.
2: Now, I, I do remember you know, part of the discussion when it came to the inquiry, and, and, and I believe that province had a stance where you know, law enforcement should be taking care of this. And mm-hmm. uh, that was a valid discussion at that point in time. Um, <clears throat> whatever intelligence was gathered later on that led them to move in another direction from a federal perspective, it's really hard to know what those discussions were. But, but I can say this, we, we, we focus on Ottawa. But this is a federal issue because when we talk about, you know, CBSA and they're saying they had at least a a dozen border situations, Uh, when we're talking about out west when we had uh, tractors and and, and semi-trucks trying to collide with police vehicles, and and when we have CESA saying that there's an increased anti-enforcement rhetoric and calls to come in and join it. These are all things that were starting to fester and build up. And, you know, no great decisions were made. The, The environment was not good. But, you know, Ottawa was the focal point. It was the fulcrum of this whole thing. And the questions on how it was handled in Ottawa definitely caused everything else to to change and morph into what it did at the end of the day.
0: And, Steph, I'd bring this up. A week and a half before the Emergencies Act was invoked, there were protests in Toronto and police were really well organized john tory yeah. the mayor at that time were really well organized and and, and protesters kind of came tried to bring their trucks in tried to park here tried to park there and they shrugged their shoulders and thought we're not having any impact and they took off and left after a day and a half that's how it's done
1: well that's lucky toronto had the heads up yeah right so i mean it, you learn hindsight 2020 20, right so they knew they had to get the border that the, the concrete barriers up, you know, all around Queens Park. They were ready, and, they, and the trucks rolled in. They just stopped well, outside of the museum, and they stopped along Bloor Street, and they stopped, you know, along Young. And we saw the, the protests coming from our choppers, from whatever, all over the place. But they were ready to barricade certain areas, right? And then, yeah, mm-hmm. they shrugged and laughed, But again, hindsight's twenty twenty. Ottawa didn't have that luxury.
0: Go ahead, Mark, you uh, were going to say. I, yeah, listen—
2: I was a Joe citizen at the time, and I remember a week in advance, they said, we are coming to Ottawa. And they were at $6 million at the time. So you had a caravan with $6 million saying, we are coming to Ottawa, and they came to Ottawa. So you know what? Everybody knew what was going on, and everything went the way that it went. And you know the, the inquiry spoke to you know, the command and control. Who had command and control? What was going on? misinformation left hand not talking to the right hand and a whole host of things and, and so it's an opportunity for that sit down to figure out on the go forward what is the plan
0: yeah mark Toronto
2: has a plan and they executed it fine yeah so mark. you know but everybody but I don't knew think
1: anybody anticipated them planting it for weeks and honking horns and setting up jump, jumping castles and getting they funded you know six
2: million dollars they could have brought in ponies and all kinds of things if they wanted to they had a it wasn't lot of it too late? To like things. the
1: barricades in Toronto were up like a week ahead of time. You know, they went up really fast. So they they had that now that they knew exactly how this was gonna look, right? And of course you're better in intelligence gatherer this way, Mark, than I am, but you know, there was a little bit of an edge that Toronto had after how, watching how it unfolded in Ottawa, ultimately. Yeah.
0: Here's what I'd say. Here, here's where I think we can we can connect is, is I, I would make the case that the protests that we've seen that are deemed pro-Palestinian, Mark, we've we've watched protesters hmm. get emboldened this weekend after weekend has gone by. And I'm like, well, they're not stopping us from banging sticks on windows of stores. They're not stopping us from shouting on bull with bullhorns and and climbing up lampposts. Why don't we try and get on the Gardner Expressway? (laughs) Like, it it has definitely elevated and escalated as weeks have gone on until the last few weeks when Police Chief Myron Demkew says, all right, we're going to reel this. Well, maybe we should have done sooner, but we're going to reel this back right now. That's the example I'd use.
2: Yeah, you could use the example, but I've also said from day one, minute one, arrests will be made. You know, the public wants people Mm -hmm. to make arrests right away. It doesn't work that way. You know, it has to be methodical. You have to deal with the public safety issues. But arrests are going to be made, and, and just as the other day, they will arrest you. And, and so that has not changed. They will arrest, but they'll do it in their own due time, gathering the evidence and moving forward to continuously make sure that people are you know complying with the law
0: so mark let me stay with you here we've got mark saunders stephanie smith on think tank on 640 toronto police yesterday announced they charged a 26 year old mississauga man for being part of a group that blocked off the gardner expressway this was in november this is way after october 7th and i remember we sat around as a staff mark and watched the video of this and there were drones it, it like it looked like a broadway it, it looked like it was so well orchestrated and they shut the highway down for 5 minutes and we get this arrest in late January is this all about technology dna cameras this doesn't look like something that they that they could have done say during the G7 13 14 years ago or could have done in the 1990s the da- the data collection and tech makes an arrest like this possible does it not
2: it does. And also help from the community. You know, 90% of cases are solved. There is some sort of community involvement as well. And they have access to technology too. These these cameras on the phones are 4K, 8K quality. Um, you know, we have a lot more CCTV cameras now and the imagery is a lot better and technology to help enhance, stitch things together to tell the right story to bring before a courtroom. But the bottom line is... <clears throat> The arrest will be made. They'll continue to be made. And, and and I think that's the story that the public needs to get out there. Lawful protests will always be considered in the city of Toronto. But if it's unlawful, you mm. look over your shoulder because you will get arrested if they get the evidence and they will be looking for the evidence to make those apprehensions.
0: Yeah, Yeah. It's just because you skate for a day or two or even a week or two in this day and age. Uh, it doesn't yeah. mean there's not going to be a knock on your door. At some point in time, I want to move this to um, to start with Stephanie here on this potential new tax on foreign home buyers. Right around this time last year, this was actually brought up by then Mayor John Tory, and a lot of city councilors backed and were like, "What a great new revenue tool!" Because look at what Vancouver's been able to collect. We're going to charge people more uh, who are just have a home for investment purposes, but aren't having anybody rent it out and aren't living in it themselves. Um, There's a new report that's going to go to Olivia Chow's executive committee where there's a new municipal non-resident speculation tax that's going to be 10%. Of a home purchases price. Like, that's not nothing. If you, if you buy a $2 million home, and who could really do that? But that's $200,000 in terms of a tax. The city thinks it could make $15 million in revenue for this. But, Steph, as you know, we're not Vancouver. There isn't an awful lot. This They tried this last year in the spring, and it was kind of a dud. In I know it was a big thing on Brad Bradford's campaign. He was mm-hmm. like, we tried this. We looked. There just isn't the revenue here because there aren't a lot of foreign nationals and corporations buying houses in Toronto and just leaving them.
1: Right, I mean, and this this policy mirrors that foreign buyers tax of province introduced in 2017. But um, yeah, I'm not sure this is the the long term solution. Like, the, the, you want to make Toronto as attractive as possible, uh, but it's already looking so unaffordable. And in so many ways, you know, tax, tax, tax is is deferring um, the whole issue, right? And so I think that better off taking a better look at the budget and finding what they said 15 how much million dollars in savings for the city in revenue okay uh by in 2025 for this is there not 15 million dollars that can be found in efficiency somewhere else in uh, the city budget right um is this the last resort i mean i do i do agree that homes cannot be left vacant you know and just Mm -hmm. have foreign buyers gobble them up and but there's is that the answer? I don't think that's a long-term solution.
0: Mark, what's your observation here? This is, just and again, if the city says, "Well, we could get it to save fifteen million dollars," I know it's a drop in the bucket, but you and I might make the case we should go through line by line in the city budget, find those inefficiencies. You talked about that a ton in uh, in April, May, and June. Is finding inefficiencies and making sure the city's doing everything properly, financial to save financially to save money?
2: No, absolutely, Greg, and I, I agree with Stephanie. Listen, the the Toronto taxpayer is is just getting fatigued right now. You know, affordability is a huge issue. And and we look at the issues and the solutions that that the City Hall is given. It's not strategic. It's always we have to figure out a tax of some sort. Mm -hmm. So, you know, be strategic. Make sure you're looking for it. But but also, where are you saving it? Because no one is seeing that right now. And I think that's where the level of frustration is kicking in. while, While people are having huge issues. Uh, affordability, jobs, all of these mm-hmm. things, are just the burning issues right now in, in a lot of Torontonians.
0: Stephanie wife, Mark Saunders with us on Think Tank. Uh, Steph, the uh, police got their man uh, from Monday night's Union Station incident. They arrested a 29-year-old. I know you talked about this uh, on the Oakley Show yesterday. A 29-year-old used bear spray during an altercation uh, at Union Station. Um, two people getting in a verbal fight, one spraying the other with bear spray. I can only imagine what the other guy said. I kid, uh, but either way, um, I, is this something—a bear spray, pepper spray, any kind of mace or anything—is um, this something that that we worry about? Is this something that we expect to encounter? That that we know anyone who carries it and it could get used in a situation like this? <laughs>
1: the norm and i guess mark would be you know, the great expert to talk about that um yeah that this is not do i know anyone who carries it too i happen to have some and i'm not going to tell you how i got it uh, <laughs> and i actually take it on my walk with me we have a, a family place up in like northern ontario so when you go for a walk you know you could just about encounter anything like a bear so mm. um You know, I kind of have it in my back pocket just in case. And a bear bell, but they say, you know how good bear bells are. They find them in scat all the time, right? So um, (laughs) that's a joke. joke. (laughs) It was
0: better than mine. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, I mean, the answer is it's it's bizarre. It's, uh, uh, you know, I mean, nothing is surprising anymore. I don't see this as evolving into a new new concern. But again, I I defer to the expert on this one.
0: Mark, (laughs) do police come across people carrying bear spray, pepper spray when you're chief? Are you hearing you won't believe? what this guy was carrying or this woman was carrying. Is this a common occurrence? I'm
2: not going to say it's common, but it it does happen. And, you know, if we follow the news, Greg, I mean, within the last six months, there have been a few robberies where where bear spray has been used as the weapon of choice uh, to be successful. But speaking today versus two years ago, um, uh, full disclosure, I have a few friends who have confessed to me that they have given their partners uh, small canisters of, of, of bear spray uh, to, to ride the subway, um, oh, yeah. I, it, but it's a statement about the city, and it's a, safe, it's a statement about the concern—the uh, genuine concerns where people don't feel as comfortable in the city of Toronto as they used to, with the, with the disorder and some of the things that they see on a day-to-day, you know, process riding the subways and things like that. So, uh, I'm hoping that there's an opportunity for for some real concrete. Uh, plan to, to make the subway or the perception of the subway uh,
0: be safe again. I'll put it this way, Mark. There's a lot of lawyers um, and we hear from them on the show who have a lot better understanding and they know they know the legalities of using bear spray uh, better than they did 5-10 years ago as well in that you can get charged. It, it It can be considered a concealed weapon and you absolutely in a court of law would have to prove that you were in great danger to using it. You can't just... You know, you can't just get ticked off because uh, you're going to a Leafs-Bruins game and the guy's wearing a Bruins jersey. Like, you can't – there's limitations to using it. That's for sure. It's very dangerous to spray in somebody's face.
2: No, it is. But the, the problem is when you are genuinely scared, not just through words but through feeling, yeah. um, you, you will seek your own devices to to help you feel more comfortable. And, and that's a sad statement. So I, I hope – you know, when we talk about the budget and the police budget and things along those lines, these are these are real discussions that are had at the tables in many places in the city of Toronto.
0: Well, let's go there, Steph. We've got a couple minutes left for each of you. Um, the Toronto Star actually had a good breakdown of five things Toronto residents say they want from the 24-city budget when Olivia Chow presents it uh, a week from tomorrow, as a matter of fact. And I'll give you the five, and you tell me what you're hearing in your community or in your friend group. Property tax hike police budget, transit, affordable housing and shelter, climate change. Is there anything that leaps off when I mention those five and you say, yeah, people are certainly talking about this?
1: Oh, lots of talk about the property tax hike and the necessity for it to reach potentially 16% if the feds don't kick in that uh, housing money. So that's Obviously, a huge red flag topic of discussion. Police budget totally in favor. Um, We've heard all about the car thefts. We've heard about home invasions for car thefts and absolutely a support and belief that there needs to be more policing, uh, more police officers. Um, And, you know, you hear the campaign 22 minutes for uh, responding Mm -hmm. to um, to, uh, calls, emergency calls, transit absolutely fund the transit that's a hallmark of a a great city so those are the the most important you know on people's minds and everybody's concerned about housing and shelter story for the dog he's concerned too
0: he is concerned Um, (laughs) but you know
1: And I would say, you know, there always is conversation about climate change, but it's not as an it is immediate. Depending, you know, definitely a conversation when it comes to living in the city, uh, affordable housing. So these are all, you know, really great touch point issues for sure.
0: Mark, anything grabbing you in the Saunders neighborhood? People say, boy, I want to make sure the city does this. I want the city to push hard for that. It's it's
1: safety.
2: I'm hearing a lot of safety from you know people that I'm hanging around with, and I hear different stories. About concerns about not just where we are, but where we're going. So, some sort of a plan to change that trajectory would be fantastic. And again, when we talk about the affordability factor, uh, people are scared, you know, with the interest rates and all of these things. Uh, we need a reset of something just to you know, people. Toronto has to look like a city where people want to come to, not where it's a city where. They have to be. And, and, and a lot of it seems to be feeling like we have to be here type of thing. We need to change that and, and make the city the city that it should be.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's sliding. Um, it's sliding in one direction right now. And I think we all got to work together and have lots of tough conversations about the city we want to leave behind for our kids. Should they choose uh, to live here? And on that note, thanks very much for the time today, guys.